Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I am joined today by my other host, Elle. Hello! So, last episode, one of the things that I felt was kind of missing from our discussion when I was going back over and listening to it and editing it was that we really didn't touch on our personal pronouns. We didn't touch on how we prefer to be referred to and we talked about our own gender identities quite in depth, but without any of that sort of relevant background information. So I thought for this episode, we could sort of maybe talk about both give our pronouns and maybe talk about why pronouns are a little bit squishy. How do you feel about that? Sounds fantastic. Yeah? Okay. All right. Um, so I guess I'll start again because uh, this is another one of the situations where my, my stuff's a little easier to parse out. Mm. I use she, her pronouns. I have since I came out a few years ago, and that doesn't waver. It's fantastic. So easy. So it's straightforward. So straightforward and so simple. So static. It is. Do you want to um, talk about your pronouns, love? You want to talk about your name? That's a little, that's like a, a similar issue to pronouns, but at least it's a little bit more complicated for you. That's true. I feel like we're not giving you enough credit for your transition also being challenging and valid yeah. by just being like, your pronouns are so easy. It was so easy when you just have asked everybody to call you she, her, and everybody just did it automatically, right? Yeah, so easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. That is not exactly what happened. When I first came out, I was pretty adamant about the she, her distinction. I did not stand up for myself very often because she doesn't stand up for herself very often in general. We're working on it. It's hard. Anyway, one aspect in which I really didn't stand up for myself when I first came out was with my name. So as you guys know, my name is Josie. I go by Josie in every aspect of my life at this point, but for a long time, I went by my dead name, which is extremely similar to Josie. And I still have some respect for it because I'm named after my father and I love my father. And it's the same name of my dad as well. Just yes. add some throat. Throw in some extra confusion. <laughs> and so for a long time when I first came out, I was going both by the name Josie, which was a name that I had loved since I was a child and basically picked when I was like six and watched Josie and the Pussycats and really loved just the name Josie. I've always thought it was so lovely. And so that would be, I would, I would tell people that I was like, yeah, so I am transitioning. I would like you to please start calling me by she, her pronouns. And um, if you could also call me by Josie, but if that's too difficult, you can just, you can just keep, you can just call me Joe with, with, without an E, you know, Joe, like J-O, and then and it'll be fine. And that's what I had been going by pre-transition before I came out with some version of the name Joe, and that really didn't actually feel all that nice to me but I felt like I was burdening people by expecting them to switch to so drastically to a fully new name that they weren't used to which we talked about at the time the fact that Josie you can actually self-correct 
in a sentence, if they accidentally called you Joe and we're switching to Josie, it's adding a syllable. You can do that. You can be like, oh, jo- Josie. Like, you can add this, the Z to it yeah. in, per- in real time. And we saw people do that. Yeah. And so um, L was actually the first person. Not that it's ever a burden to call somebody their real name, but this is a particularly light burden. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, it is, it, is not, it is not a burden to call somebody by their real name. It's something that is just common decency. You should be doing it. If you're not, consider. But Elle was actually the first person to consistently call me by my real name. Um, because when she pulled that stuff with me, she was like, you can call me Joe. Or I'd also known you for maybe like a couple of months. But we've been like actually talking for like maybe a week. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, I don't know you super well, but I'm going to say you don't actually want to be called that. I'm going to call you Josie. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so lovely. And then a couple weeks later, I was talking to my therapist about the same issue. And my therapist was like, you're allowed to have a preference between these two names. Which name do you like better? And I was like, oh, I I like Josie better to my therapist. My therapist was like, well, then I will start calling you Josie, too. And my therapist started calling me Josie. And then eventually I told all of my friends to start calling me Josie. And now no one calls me Josie except for... Some... You mean everybody calls you Josie? What did I say? Nobody calls you Josie. Oh no, everybody does call me Josie. <laughs> Except for well, some people who some might folks. confuse me. There are still members of my family that still have not quite adapted, even after three years of me going by the name Josie. So yeah, so my journey towards how I like to be addressed is more around the name and the pronouns, but my pronouns are very solidly she, her in all situations. And I think that's interesting because for pronouns... Based on your gender identity, which is, you know, a woman, you didn't really have a choice in pronouns. It was, if you're, if you identify as a woman, then you use she, her pronouns. Like, I mean, people can do other things, but that is a societal rule, not even a societal norm. That is pretty much a societal law. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you had more difficulty around your name because you did have choices there. You, You ended up sticking relatively close to your dead name, but you could have chosen any name yeah, right yeah and so like that freedom and that those like extra options i think are what made it more difficult to some extent so it's harder to stand up for things that you feel like you could do do something easier for other people mm-hmm. which is how pronouns are for me <laughs> <laughs> um, so i've never i mean i've flirted with going by l instead of eleanor but that's never really felt all that important mm-hmm. catch me in two years feeling like it is but it doesn't feel important yet Right. But for my pronoun journey, I've gone by she, her my whole life, mm-hmm. being a fab. And for a long time, I thought that that was still fine because it's still, my identity still encompasses womanhood, being mm-hmm. fluid. I do identify as woman sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and similar to you with your difficulty standing up for Josie it feels like putting a burden on other people that I don't necessarily need because there's another option they can still call me she her that doesn't necessarily hurt me and it would be I think absurd to expect people to switch their pronouns like daily for me like I might live in a world where I'd ask you to do that maybe Mm -hmm. but like I mean I I do you have to switch in certain contexts for me and I do ask you yeah But it's not like I wake up every day and I'm like, here are my pronouns for the day. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be a beautiful world. But like that, in my eyes, does feel like a burden because we don't live in a world where people are practiced at switching pronouns back and forth. Yeah. You're probably more practiced than like 
anybody. And I mean, I still <laughs> that we know at least. I mean, like I still mess it up because like I was on the phone with my family the other day, and I kept using they them for you, and then like sometimes I would just let it fly and be like, if I don't correct it, they won't notice. True. But then I would switch it sometimes, and like I don't know. My siblings are relatively woke, so they yeah, definitely true. they don't they wouldn't even. Okay, wait. I want so let me tell so let me tell the chronological story of my pronouns, and then we can get into all these discussions because okay. I feel like it's just gonna be confusing. Like, why are I haven't explained why you switch back and forth with pronouns for me? That's true. So, yeah. Okay. So I always wear my she her, and then I found out I discovered discovered is a good word um <laughs> that I was gender fluid in early spring of 2019. So going on like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. At that point, I really didn't have any interest in changing my pronouns. I was still mm-hmm. exploring it. Again, because woman is part of my identity, it didn't feel urgent. Like it didn't feel like the stories I've heard of most trans people when they finally like discover or identify where like their dysphoria comes from, that it is them being trans. It's like an immediate, like now I'm going to go by these pronouns. Mm-hmm. Like this is beautiful. Not always the whole experience is beautiful, but like it's pretty sure that was never my experience. I was like, this is great that I've identified it, but like it wasn't like a pronoun switch was going to change anything. I didn't really feel like discovering my gender fluid identity changed anything in my day to day life because it didn't cause me any distress before. Mm-hmm. It started causing me some distress recently, rude. <laughs> um, but it didn't cause me any distress before. I genuinely feel like I could have gone through life happily being a cis woman and just like not really digging deeper into like days that I felt less connected to like my body and days that I felt less connected to how society views me. So it wasn't like a big change at first. I didn't think about pronouns. I didn't think about names. I was just like, ah, this is cool. I bought a binder. That was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you bought a binder. I bought you a binder. (laughs) So it wasn't until when did you start calling me they them? It was, um, when did we go to the Dakotas? Because I think that was when it started. Yeah, it was, that, was last, that was last September. That was last Labor Day. Yeah, so it was uh, Labor Day weekend was when we had the first discussion I think it. I think it. what happened was I came out rather dramatically to my entire workplace of about 150 people. But it's a very um, close-knit group of people, and we were doing this, like, feelings sharing activity mm-hmm. <laughs> as part of a three-day feelings sharing retreat. Mm-hmm. And I was compelled in that moment to tell them about the fact that I was gender fluid. And I think what spurred me to think about pronouns was then I told people that I was not cis. And of course, surrounded by woke people as I was, everybody was like, oh my God, what pronoun should we call you? And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Hmm. That's a great question. (laughs) I'm so happy you asked me that. Um, Let me get back to you. Let me get back to you. And the policy that I went under at that time, and like, to some extent do still stand by was that I, I'm happy with any pronouns. And mm-hmm. I've seen that more and more as I've like dug into the gender fluid community, which of course, because my colleagues are woke, but not necessarily out here specifically to support me and my gender identity, meant that everybody kept calling me she, her. And like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially in, in the schools that I work in and the populations that I spend my time around not everybody would be very accepting so it'd probably be best for people not to call me they then in schools anyway Mm -hmm. until I'm ready to like really stand up for that because of course people should be able to go by the pronouns that they want to but it it will cause distress in the schools that I am so I need to be willing to stand up for myself through that distress and I need to feel like it's worth it which I didn't feel like for a very long time 
So during that, Josie was like, well, if you'll go by any pronouns that everybody's calling you she, her, why don't I balance that out by calling you they, then? I think it's basically how we arrived at that. I think that was. And I think that I think that there was some issues in the beginning with me having to kind of, quote unquote, get used to it, which, I mean, as somebody who has had my pronouns changed, I am both sympathetic to the fact that it does sometimes take people time to change their pronouns and also feel like I should have been a little bit more, like, compassionate in that. Or at least understand, uh, not understanding, I understood and I think I showed some compassion. I think I just should have been better at it, I guess. Yeah. They, them is not, I I hate that this is true, but it isn't part of our vernacular. It's mm-hmm. very uncomfortable to start using at first. It's, I remember the first book I read that had a non-binary character in it, which was called Girl, Woman, Other. Go, li- go read it. It's amazing. And like, I couldn't, I, it took me so much longer to read the chapter on them because I like kept reading a paragraph and be like what's happening where is this group of people oh no it's just them Mm -hmm. like and I've gotten better at it now as I've you know started interacting on reddit with a lot of people that go by they them and various other non-binary pronouns started reading more non-binary lit like started hearing they them refer to for me yeah (laughs) um but I mean it is it genuinely is a skill that needs to be learned. So that's how we spent like last year. Everybody else in my life called me she, her. I was out to them, but they still called me she, her. Yeah, because you were still with the whatever pronoun. All pronouns feel good. And because of that, that was the same thing where... And I remember there were a couple of times when, even early in that experience, when we were out with people that you knew who referred to almost exclusively as she, her, I sometimes would slip back into calling you she, her, and that would upset you. And I recall specifically, I was like, well, I, I want this to be kind of a change. Like, I want it to be able to flow a little bit more. Now it's not flowing. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I can't remember the exact time, but there was one time that I got actually pretty upset with you. Yeah, which is valid, which is fair. Yeah. I understand that. I just remember, I remember being hurt that you would, that you would, like, fall under their pressure of the pronouns they were calling me because I kind of wanted you to be the person that you would, they would fall under your pressure and start yeah. calling me they, them. Yeah, which wasn't, I mean, that's not the correct way. If I want them to call me they, them, I should tell them that, not expect you to do all the work for me. So, like, it's or, not that it was entirely, it wasn't the best course of action. My feelings are valid. <laughs> I mean, but, or, alternatively, that burden shouldn't necessarily fall entirely on you. You are deserving of support in that, and it doesn't even necessarily mean that you have to be the one to make the first move, but perhaps a little more information sharing about your feelings on it at the time. Right. I think also something that's notable, though, and, like, because I really do love my job and the people I work with, I think that's something that's really notable also, is I told 150 people in a big room that I was you know, gender queer of some variety. I said gender fluid, but like most of them probably didn't know what that meant. So it probably didn't like sink into their brains, which is okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then I told them over the next like week on various different occasions that any pronouns were okay. And now we're talking about a year later with no more information. Like I hadn't talked to them again about it. Like mm-hmm. no wonder they like stuck to she, her, and then that was okay for like eight months. <laughs> and then, you know, like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to put the entire burden on them to remember that. Because also, notably, so back to the chronological story here that I will eventually tell in one quick go. So I was always she, her. Then I came out as ginger fluid, but I still didn't stand up for anything but she, her, because she, her didn't hurt me. And then Josie started calling me they. And then quarantine happened, so I've really only been talking to Josie for three months. Whew. Quarantine is so much fun. Quarantine is so much fun. <laughs> 
So I've really only been talking to Josie for the last three months. And then when I started to get back into things, people referring to me as she, her did hurt more. Yes. It did make me more uncomfortable because I'd gotten so used to they, them. So I'd kind of been envisioning for the last year that when I came back with all of those new people, I would go by they, them. Mm -hmm. But I didn't necessarily foresee how it did. It hurt me when people were calling me she, her, when I started getting back on those calls. My point is that, (laughs) yes, my dear, dear colleagues who I love so much didn't spontaneously remember six months after I told them that I was genderqueer, that I was genderqueer, and once had indicated that maybe I would like they, them pronouns more than she, her. But when I did come back and tell them when it started making me uncomfortable a month or so ago, I now have at least two of those people that are like coming back with me who like, I swear to God, every time they talk to me, they make sure that they've somehow referred to me as they, them or as L. Every time. It's like in every single text. It's like in every statement that they make. It's like they're trying to make up for lost time. And I think it's hilarious and ridiculous and also so wonderful that's so lovely i didn't realize that that's so lovely yeah yeah Yeah. so like i put a lot of the onus for this stuff on me even though when i look at other gender expansive people i would never put that onus on them if Mm -hmm. that makes sense but for me i want to take the responsibility for standing up for it like i don't ever want to be like mad at people for calling me she her or mad at people for calling me eleanor and so l if i haven't like been reminding them right Yeah. yeah Right. And I mean, I think that's very valid to want that kind of control. But also, you deserve to be called what makes you feel most aligned without putting all of that on yourself. Like, that's something that all people deserve. My manager had such a beautiful speech about that when I was talking to her about being afraid of coming out and like standing up for my pronouns to my new team for next year. And she was like, you deserve that respect. Like, you deserve the dignity of being called what you want to be called. Yeah. And, like, she's probably the only person that had, like, consistently used they, them. If for no other reason than she wrote my recommendations in mm. they, them. Because I was applying to schools with they, them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All that to say, I guess where I land on pronouns now. Well, actually, no. I feel like there is one more facet that's interesting that I feel like doesn't. Sometimes people make this as like a throwaway point, but have never really like dig into it. But you know how we we always ask cis folk to use their, to introduce their pronouns at like the start of meetings or like put them in your email signature, like make it normalize, normalize it so that other people can choose to join you. Yes. I feel like sometimes there's a clap back to that of like, but don't force people to share their pronouns because some people aren't ready to share their pronouns or some people don't want to out themselves by sharing their pronouns or some people like whatever. So like normalize it, but don't require it. Have you yeah. heard that clapback? I think I, I think I've heard that. And it makes sense to me. Right. So like being an educator, I think a lot from the perspective of a teacher. So like encourage your students to use their pronouns when they, you know, introduce themselves to the class, but don't require it because people might not be ready. And I feel like that's something I've heard before, but never really heard anybody like really dig into. It's just kind of like a throwaway. We want everybody to be as comfortable as possible. So like, we're not going to think about how or why. Just like, do whatever makes people comfortable. Mm -hmm. Which is not a bad ideology to follow. But something happened that I thought was so interesting. I was just writing a letter that my recruitment manager could send to any number of prospects that she had in her pipeline at Mm -hmm. any point that she thought it would be helpful, right? It was semi-anonymous as in I didn't know who I was writing the letter to but like 
my name was going to be on it. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of that, especially because my recruitment manager knew that I am gender expansive or whatever term you'd like to use, she invited me to like put my pronouns on it because she thought that that would be, you know, I mean, a little bit token, like, we have gender for people here and you're welcome here too, which is chill. That's the worst I mean, thing in this world. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's both a little bit tokeny and also kind of like, but also, we're not going to fire you if you come out. Right. So, And she's wonderful, and she is cis, but she has her pronouns in her thing. And she even has a what's this like hyperlink next to her pronouns that explains to you why it's important. That's and awesome. she uses folks with an X. She's really cool. She's amazing. That's lovely. Yeah, no, she's great. So I think she was encouraging me to put my pronouns on it just because like it could be important to me. Maybe I just forgot. It could be important for prospects to see. So true. But that was, that was in like late March, maybe in April. And it was like right in the middle of me really not knowing what I was doing with my pronouns and mm-hmm. not being comfortable and not like I hadn't decided if I wanted to go by she, her, or they, them the following year. And this was going to be sent to people who are going to be serving with me the following year. It was going to be sent to my like new batch of people who I'm so excited to have like a fresh start with. And I I was like, yo, like I don't actually feel super comfortable putting my pronouns on that because I don't know what my pronouns are like I don't I don't feel confident declaring my pronouns for a person that I'm going to meet in six months like I don't know where my pronouns are going to be in six months especially with like the non-static nature of my gender identity and it was the first time that I was like oh that's why we don't want to require them (laughs) like Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be really uncomfortable for that yeah and I just thought that was a really cool experience and that's a really powerful space I think where folks both folks who are cis mm-hmm. and folks who are confidently binary, right. like me and mm-hmm. static, who can use that space where like, I mean, I personally have no qualms sharing my pronouns in any, right. I love those kind of spaces because I feel very, you know, secure and safe in those. And so our as binary or cis people kind of way that we can help this to normalize it is by we always make that space. We always do ask for pronouns. We always give our pronouns. Put it in your email signatures. Oh my God, if you're listening to this and your pronouns are not in your email signatures, go put them there. It doesn't, you have to do it one time. It takes five minutes. And it literally, I remember when I worked in sales, when I would get emails from teachers who have their pronouns in their signatures, I was like, what money can I give you? Because like, <laughs> I'm here for you. Yeah. And like, I mean, you know, put them in your Twitter bios, put them in your various different social media handles like mm-hmm. you know put your pronouns places if you're confident and comfortable with them because then it normalizes this idea that pronouns are something that you should ask after not something you should not, that they're not something that you should assume mm-hmm. but don't send any amount of hate towards people who don't use them because you don't know if that's you don't know what the reason for that is i mean right. you can never actually tell if somebody is or is not cis so don't go attacking folk in general <laughs> as a general but just like the social responsibility there for us is that we can make that space comfier. Right. You can just normalize it. And yeah. I think that that is, I think that that can be very powerful. Another thing that I heard that I loved dearly was somebody from headquarters started a call by, she was declaring her pronouns, but the exact language she used was today I use she, her pronouns. And like, I don't know, it just hit me real strong yeah yeah <laughs> again this was right in the middle of my like the 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 meat of my angst about this because mm-hmm. now i've landed pretty heavily on they them like i think i'm yes. gonna i'm gonna expect people to call me they them i don't know how i'm gonna do with my school team because if i want to go by she her in the school and again switching back and forth is challenging but not impossible 
I'm not sure I'm really willing to ask a team of freaking 18 year old high school graduates do it it's just they have a lot of things on their mind i was so overwhelmed when i started that's very true (laughs) um but like maybe with my manager maybe with you know Mm -hmm. yeah so that phrasing landed right in the middle of my angst and it was just so beautiful to hear yeah i mean i remember you texted me (laughs) i know i like i like could not contain my excitement about it i texted so many people i was like have you ever heard this phrase it's beautiful and most people who don't think about their pronouns or whose pronouns are static are just like, no, she just declared her pronouns. Or like, she specifically declared today's pronouns, and that's different. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can understand why people who, like, that's not, like, a dimension of fluidity that they're used to considering. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't matter. This woman very well may have just said that because, like, that's what came out of her mouth by accident. Like, today we're going to talk about, today I use these pronouns. Like, maybe that was just it slipped out and she didn't intend it to be like a particular phrase. I have no idea. I don't know this woman, but it was powerful. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, that is another way to like make space yeah. for that. Just like allowing, I don't know. It's very important to normalize the idea that you have to ask after pronouns mm-hmm. that you cannot assume them at the same time. That should in no way be rigid. That should yeah. not be a requirement. And there should be more than one way to express that. And I feel like there is there is an inherent tension between requiring that pronouns be asked after and saying that it's okay to not want to state your pronouns because those kind of are at odds. But I think that there is a difference between requiring people to put their pronouns in writing or declare their pronouns at the beginning of a class and like, this is what people are going to call you for the rest of the class, the same way that you'd give like your name and major in the beginning of a college class, you know? Mm-hmm. As opposed to if you ask for pronouns during a space like that and some people don't offer them, going up to that person individually and being like, hey, like, it's cool if you don't want to declare your pronouns, but I do need pronouns to refer to you by. So, like, what would you like to be referred to as? It can be fluid. You are not declaring them. You are just giving me something Mm -hmm. to call you in the time being while you sort that out or while you become more comfortable. And I think that an interesting point inside of that space is like when we're talking about a letter that will be sent as your first impression to a prospective person yeah that's a big one that's a big one that's like that's kind of cementing pronouns but like your email signature your social media bios you can always change your email signature you can always change your social media bios you can change your email signature based on who you're emailing let me tell you i do that yeah because i have an email signature that says she her for work and i'm applying to graduate programs under they them so yeah. I change it when I email my graduate program. Yeah. And like, that is a powerful thing that you can do in those non-permanent mediums. And similarly, spoken word, not very permanent. And I think that if you ask for declarations and somebody doesn't declare and you go talk to them, you now, something else has been shared there. Some mm-hmm. level of discomfort or some level of openness to change. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. some you have identified yourself as having some sort of holdback for having pronouns. And I think that's something that's also very powerful and I should just throw out there is there is you can not use pronouns for somebody. That is a thing you can do. It is challenging, but it is possible in almost all contexts. Yes. It's something that I have attempted to do and it sometimes starts feeling clunky, especially when you use someone's name four times in a sentence, but it's not impossible. And it's less clunky if you're not writing, because I think you've tried it in writing, right? Yes, I've tried it in writing. So I think it's less clunky if you're not writing, and it's almost always possible if the person is present. If that person is standing there, 
you can refer to them by their name. And that is not to say that you only need to use people's preferred pronouns when they're standing there. However, if this person is currently undergoing like distress about their pronouns, it might be helpful for them not to hear pronouns refer that that are referring to them ever. And that can be really fun. Yeah. I know and I wish you all the best. The mm-hmm. adoptive dad figure who is really struggling to pick up they them pronouns and actually is somebody that would have to switch between school and home yeah. is like that's hard. I'm a cis man. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm just not going to use it. I'm not going to use pronouns for you. And then consistently does that. Yeah, it just calls the main character by their first name, I think, at all times in school. Yeah. If you haven't read I Wish You All the Best. Another great book. Is by Mason. I don't know authors. Mason Deaver. I'm marrying one, but I don't know them. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's Mason Deaver. If you Google I Wish You All the Best, it'll come up. But yeah, so it's very important to recognize that pronouns are very important to a lot of people, and they can really affect the way people... Can you people... tell she's a writer? Why? What was I doing that was writerly? You said it's very important to recognize that pronouns are very important. Okay, look. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to put a bow on this. Would you like to make the bow? Would you like to tie the knot? No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the takeaway is pronouns are important mm-hmm. first. Second, pronouns can change. Yes. And third, pronouns can also just be in flux. I mm-hmm. think about my friend who eventually came out as a trans woman. It took the better part of 10 months, though. And for the better part of those 10 months, she was incredibly stressed by pronouns because she didn't know which box she fell into. Yeah. And that that gave her a lot of angst, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so... Her pronouns are no longer fluid. Her pronouns were really probably never fluid, but they were in flux for a period of time. So mm-hmm. that's another option too. Yeah. Sometimes pronouns can just be distressing to people. Yeah. And that's okay. And that is okay. Yeah. All right then. Well, thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. Uh, once again, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and your other host is my lovely partner, Elle. And until next time, just keep thinking. Music for Gender Journeys, composed by Sonia Badash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com slash genderjourneys. We hope to hear from you soon.